Radio. Contract is first condition, Mr. Neville, and there is no need to write it down, for you will never see it. It's to cancel your eyes. Choose life. Choose a job. Choose a career. Choose a family. Choose a fucking big television. Choose washing machines, cars, compact displays and electrical tin openers. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. Wherever she goes, there is always in her life a permanent and undefeated rival, her husband's ship. Whether it be a battleship or a sloop, a submarine or a destroyer, it holds first place in his heart. It comes before wife, home, children, everything. Some of us try to fight this and get badly mauled in the process. Others, like myself, resign themselves to the inevitable. Tea break! We have to fight for it. Thank you, Brara. <sighs> stop it, darling. No. Go on. Inquiring about the test match in Manchester. Cricket's a cricket! What you don't know? You can't be in England and not know the test score. Sing a better song. In the year 35, 35, ain't gonna need to tell the truth, tell no lies. Everything you think, do, and say is in the pill you took today. Nobody's gonna look at you In the year 55, 55 Your arms are hanging limp at your side Your legs got nothing to do Some machine doing that for you In the year 65, 65 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the ranking special, and here your host, Brendan Jason. I say potato. You say potato? No, I said that I say potato. Oh, it's me that says potato. 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 Let's confuse us more. Welcome to the 20 movie episode award special thingy. And guys, that was your opening bit. Um, we have budget cuts because of COVID-19. Obviously. Uh, so that is your opening musical number. Uh, now, you can't see this because this is a podcast, but there were lavish costumes. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman was here. Um, Anna Hathaway just got out of her seat and started dancing. We actually got uh, a good chunk of the costume uh, uh, budget from uh, the Red Shoes for this. And it was wonderful. It was beautiful. Yeah, it, it's gorgeous, gorgeous to look at, and we um, differed slightly about how the whole thing turned out. Yeah. Uh, but but we didn't take any pictures because it was just for us. Just for us. Sorry, guys. Uh, maybe on Patreon at the $7,000 level. Absolutely. This is a podcast. Yeah. This is a podcast, and it's called For Screen. And Country. And Jason, on this podcast, we normally talk about the BFI Top 100. Mm-hmm. That is the Top 100 British films of all British time. But we like to mix it up, Brendan. We do. And we've come to that point where mm. we have we have reviewed 80 movies on this list. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of movies. And, lot of movies. and then all the other movies we've watched as well. Oh, yeah. We're well over 100 episodes. That's crazy. Made no mention of it when we reached 100 whatsoever. I don't You probably had no idea. I, I, did, I didn't. I didn't say a goddamn thing about it. But we're here. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. Um, and also, we're going to talk about the last 20 movies all right. that we've discussed. We're going we're gonna to give out some awards. We're going to rank them. From 1 to 20, as you do with 20 things. This is always a fun week, because we don't actually have to watch a movie this week, so it's like we get to relax. (laughs) Get a little bit of a break. And we're also going to, at the end of this episode, of course, we are going to um, do our new debut, our new method on uh, selecting the next movie. Mm, Sort of a a rhythm method, you might say? Yeah. A shake and bake method. Oh, that's... I heard about that in junior high. So preheat the oven That's and right. get your picks in. <laughs> preheat the oven and dig out your shaking bags because we're getting ready to fire up supper, baby. Ow! Oh, baby, baby, it's a wild world. Oh, you know who's never shown up on this podcast? I don't think Wolfman Jack. Hey, it's Wolfman Jack. Oh, Wolfman, I've always been a big fan of yours. Jimmy Stewart, you listen to my 
I was going to say podcast, but I, I've been dead since before podcasts were invented. So <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I used yeah, you to don't listen, know either. I used to listen to you on the on the radio back when I was a young sixty-eight-year-old uh, man. Ah, and I bet you you listen to my show in Republican Heaven all the time, all the time. You're 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 a um, this is weird, okay? It has nothing to do with your personal views, but your biggest fan up there is Rush Limbaugh. I know, it's strange, and, but, but Rush and I, we decided to switch places, so Rush plays the music, and I express my ridiculous political opinions to the masses, baby. <laughs> well, I'll just tell you, he's a son of a bitch. Yes, he is. Hey, hey, you guys are hosting some kind of award show here, eh? Yeah, we need to get back to it, bud. Oh, we got to do our Republican Heaven Award show. Yeah, that's right. All right, Jetpack. Jetpack. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Celebrities all the time. It's it's a veritable smorgasbord of celebrities in here. It's a buffet that you can just pluck them out and eat them one at a time. <laughs> That's right. Well, let's cut the shit. Let's 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 cut this sh- bullshit, Jason. Fuck it was no more bits. We have work to do. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can make a full promise on that first part, <laughs> but we do have work to do. We need to start giving out some awards, Jason. And we're gonna we're gonna start out right now with our first award, and it's gonna be for the best. And now for something completely similar. Best and now for something completely similar. This award has been awarded four, three times previously. Just once. Just once previously. (laughs) The last movie to win it was... Blowout. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. So we're going to, we're going to, the last 20 movies, we've done some movies that were not on this BFI Top 100, and then we called that, uh, we called that whole little miniseries, and now for something completely similar. Yes. And uh, we're just going to tell you what we thought was the best one of those. Do you have a list of the ones that we actually watched, the, a total list? <laughs> I mean, I can. Yes, I think, I think people, because we didn't watch that many, so I think people deserve to hear a total list. Okay. So here are the ones we talked about, Jason. Not too many, um, this, this, uh, this term. This election year. We talked about the Alfie remake with mm-hmm. Jude Law. We talked about Queen and Country, the uh, sp- well, I was a spiritual, but it kind of no, is direct a sequel. sequel. It's direct a sequel. sequel to Hope and Glory. Um, same director. We did the um, <laughs> the Alfonso Cuaron version of Great Expectations. Mm. We remember how that went. Um, as much as I love Alfonso Cuaron, yeah. yikes. Yeah. Uh, we did uh, the Lady Killers uh-huh. remake with the Coens. Um and we did the Bruce Willis Richard Gere yeah. the Jackal yeah yeah those are the ones we did um I'll ask you first then what do you, what do you think was the best one this uh we've done some good movies in and and now for something completely similar uh, over the times and this is probably the most underwhelming run of those movies that we've watched in a row and we watched that remake of Doctor Zhivago um yeah. but there was better movies surrounding it uh so but yeah my pick is is Queen and Country. Because it was my favorite of those ones, even though I did like the Lady Killers two thousand four better than the original Lady Killers, uh, still hot take. Uh, Queen and Country, number one. It was mine too. Yeah, Queen and Country, and 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 I mean I like that movie, but also a very underwhelming. Like yeah, it's I guess it's number one. <laughs> oh, Queen and Country. Yeah. I mean it was an enjoyable film. Yeah, it was it's fine, no, but it's it, no hope and glory. But yeah. it was it was good. It was solid. It was very uh, sprawling. It was not, not much like plot driven. Yeah. Um, Animal House in the Military is basically what it was for a while. Yeah, goofing around in the base. That's good times. All right, our next category, J- Jason, tell us what we got next. Our next category is Best Animal. 
Best animal performance. Can we list out some of the animals? Because I don't think there were very many. The only two animals that I could specifically think of, Brendan, were the abused dog from Oliver Twist and the racist dog from uh, uh, the Dam Busters. I forgot about the racist dog. Yeah, who else we did also, you have? We also had the dog escaping all that depression in the Railway Children. Because oh, right, remember, he yes. escapes and then they said, we never saw that dog again. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> ran away, but for, he was better off. Um I'm just going to say my my win here goes to the dog and Oliver Twist. Yeah, the, the abused dog and Oliver Twist, he put in a hell of a performance. I, I fear that it may not have been an acting performance uh, on his part. But he did escape from the abuse. He did escape from the abuse, absolutely. At least yeah. at least on screen. We don't know what <laughs> happened to him after the movie. Oh, God. Alec Guinness was a monster. Yeah. I'm Come with kidding. me, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like my shiny milk bones, my dears? <laughs> Why is he still doing that voice? <laughs> He's a very early pioneer of method acting. That's right. Very early. <laughs> okay. Our next one is for best musical moment. Now, this could be anything. As Jason stretched the idea of this category, if you remember um, either the last show or the show before that, mm. by naming the theme song we had selected as Caravaggio <laughs> uh, as the best the- musical moment ever. So this could be a, mo- a bunch of things. I only have really three, no- uh, three that I thought I of. have two. Okay. What do you got? What do I got? Well, my my, my runner-up uh, is from Life of Brian, but it's not what you oh, think it okay. is. My musical moment from Life of Brian is the opening theme song to Life of Brian, the the James Bond takeoff, which I have been singing almost nonstop since we watched Goldfinger, <laughs> which that was in my head rather than Brian, the Goldfinger theme. The man they call Brian. That's fair. I actually missed that one. Yeah, such Completely. a great great one. But my my winner, absolutely, you cannot compare with this. The opening of Train Spotting is the most iconic, one of the most iconic musical interludes of all time with the Lust for Life by Iggy Pop there and those fucking drums. And and, and that is a movie that is it's kind of like uh, Hard Day's Night where it explodes out of the gate and it's just fucking going. Like from the minute the the film starts, you are in it. And and the thing is, I agree with you, but I totally neglected to write that one down. <laughs> My three that I that I wrote down were um, all of all of the music cues for Noel Coward's character in the Italian Job, because remember there were all these like pompous British yes, royal yes, those music. Those were good, time. yeah. yeah. Um, the live performances and the commitments, mm-hmm. and uh, when Spirit in the Sky started playing in My Name Is Joe during that bowling montage. That was a good, yeah, that was a good use of that. My favorite was the live performances and the commitments because mm. I was like, this is. I guess I'm just so used to seeing older movies on this list and seeing, you know, clearly ADR stuff. I mean, it was ADR probably, but they still did live performances. So it feels like a little more raw. Mm. And and we talked about in that episode too, how they passed the audio through when they were editing it to Mm. make it sound like it was coming through like two speakers to give it that kind of grimy feel. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my pick. I think really cool. Cause if it wasn't for that, the movie probably wouldn't be quite as good, but it's yeah. as it stands, it's a very enjoyable movie. The music is what really pushes it over the edge and is definitely the thing that turned it into a cult movie that people fucking love to this day that they have those songs. It didn't resonate quite as much with me, but uh, I respect it, Brendan. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's next, Jason? Put what that we- one in the bag first. Let's just not let it go quite yet. Hold on. Zip. <sighs> Zip. There. It's in the bag for next time. What's in the bag for next the, time? The category. I just put it away. The rest of the categories we didn't put away. That one I put away. Okay. Okay. What category did you put away? The music category. You already announced your winner. I know, but I still, that's why I put it away, because we were done with it. Okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Aren't you? Uh, Brendan. Brendan. I, uh, you have no sense of decorum. You, you come in here, and you drug me before the podcast yeah. even starts, Well, and you expect me to be like completely put together. Yes. Yes. Okay, perfect. So, Jason, what's our next category? And I ask you, as you drink a beer, be, just to get revenge, because I'm an asshole. That's okay, Brendan. 
Our next category, Brendan, is brought to you by, brought, well, brought to me, brought to you, brought to everyone by Kent Cigarettes. Kent with the Micronite nope. filter. No, 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 I don't Kent, like that. Our friends at Kent have provided us with 200 cigarettes, <laughs> which we are currently smoking our way we through with the not, space age futuristic uh, Micronite filter. Guys, don't smoke, please. And Kent has been proud enough to sponsor the best line category. Uh, which is our favorite lines among our favorite lines. Now you know there's a lot of lines in these movies. In fact, I would say dialogue, that mo- most of these most of these movies are made up of dialogue or cocaine, <laughs> or both, or both. I mean, yeah. yeah. So well, let's talk about well, let's talk about some of the ones we liked. Yeah. Um, I have uh, one that I I mean you heard during the opening montage uh, from Educating Rita mm-hmm. where she simply says I want to sing a different song. Yeah. And there's so much behind that line. That is a good line. It, it, it's her saying that, but it's also her saying like you know I want a different life. Yeah. I don't want to just be going to this bar all the time singing like, the same old tune that everybody's singing. The same old tune, Helena. Same old song. Wish you were here. Oh, that's what you were singing. Sure. Okay. I got to it. Jason, <laughs> what other <laughs> lines were good? Uh, oh, uh, you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors Yes, off, I have that on my list as well, of course. That is yeah. uh, an iconic line of all time, for mm-hmm. sure. From the Italian job, yeah. Uh, I, another, I have another one, actually, from Educating Rita, which is, uh, they expect me to teach when the, uh, they expect me to teach when the pubs are open. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. A very, very good definition line for that character. I have a Daniel Day Lewis line from A Room with a View where he says, "I consider him far above the average." <laughs> that prick. Yeah, <laughs> that character's great. Um, I uh, I have to go to uh, uh, Peeping Tom next when mm-hmm. Mark. Uh, one of the more like standout lines of the movie is Mar- Mark, of course, saying, "Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear." Yep, that's a good. You know, it's funny you said Peeping Tom because I also have one from Peeping Tom. And when he says to uh, the lady in the film, uh, his potential love interest, but obviously it is not that kind of movie, um, he says, we both have the key of the door. Mine needs oiling. Yours needs exercise. Ouch. That's, a, that's an interesting. Yeah. yeah. Just, well, you just saying like, you know, I never leave my place. You're always out and about. Yeah. Um, and let's see if I have. Okay. And the other one I have just before we get to my favorite one yep. is, are you going to hit me too, Joe? Yeah. And my name is Joe. Because that line's. Dings. Yeah, that is that is a harsh one. That is yeah. a very emotional punch, gut punch of a line. All right, so you're ready to do your final one as well? Yeah. All right, well, my final one is an exchange. Okay. Uh, Mr. Bumble says, you'll make your fortune, Mr. Sourberry. Mr. Sourberry says, the price is allowed by the board are very small. And Mr. Bumble says, so are the coffins. Ah, <laughs> uh, Oliver Twist. Oliver Twist talking to the funeral, uh, the funeral director guy. Oh. Okay. I love a good dark child death joke. Who doesn't? Um, and my favorite line is a little, a little bit of a longer one, but it's, uh, I had hair all over me. I had body odor, and I suffered from uncontrollable, senseless impulses. I felt responsible for everything. I dreamt I was a man. Was Luckily, fading. when I woke up, I was still a boy. No, it's from Small Faces. Oh, right. It's yes. the last line of the movie when, he, when he's just had this crazy experience. Yeah. And, you know, he's... He's remember that oh, oh just, I always think of that scene when he goes to the theater with all the little kids yeah but he doesn't quite fit in he, he's not relating anymore he's past that yeah because yeah, he's just seen some shit mm-hmm. and I I think oh that ending is so good um yeah so that's mine um Jason our next one is most blatant racism ooh and I mean. There were some things, but well, actually, there's two. I'm not sure which yeah. one you're going to go with. Well, no, the, yeah, the, I only really noticed two specifically that pointed out in this series. Well, I know the two you're going to say, I'm pretty sure. But let yeah. me just point out two other smaller ones, maybe. 
Um, the character of Big Willie in the Italian job, kind of a racist stereotype. Yeah, you know? a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, and s- the character Cyril, the way he treats his black employee in Get Carter. That's right. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he just seems to really treat him as a servant more and, than anything. And says something along the lines of, like, deport such and such. Yeah. Um, I think the two big ones are Fagin and Oliver Twist and the dog and the damn boss. Those were the two I wrote down as well, yeah. Which one did you give it to? Well... I, I think we have to go with Fagin on this one because the dog and Oliver Twist, uh, I, I don't know that it was... You mean the dog and... <laughs> sorry, the, the, the dog and Oliver Twist is great. We, we, we awarded him the award. The dog uh, was not called the N-word no, in Oliver no. Twist. Um, the dog and, yes, the, that was, the, the dog and Dan Busters, that was not his fault. That was a, a name put upon him by his masters. They weren't doing it out of any specific racism, I would say, just out of their general racism of being British people in the 40s. It's also um, it's also like it just makes me think of that John Mulaney bit where he says, like, this dog didn't all these people started showing up and just calling him the N word. This dog thought his name was Bob. Yeah, (laughs) I I love it. Animals on a movie set. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, But the thing about that. So, yeah, he's he's kind of a. Accident, not even accidental racism, but just kind of ancillary racism. Whereas Fagan, David Lean was warned by many people that this was not a, a good idea in 1947 in after 19- the Holocaust just happened. In the 40s, he did this, guys. And he still went with it. So, yeah. uh, well, while again, we can certainly agree the performance is fantastic on Alec Guinness's part, and the character does look good. Like, the makeup is really good. Yeah. It's just that he's, like I say, like I said in that episode, and I'll say it again, he is the spitting image of the eternal Jew, and that's a bit much. He's doing a full-on Sebulba. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least at least David Lean's one concession was to not refer to him as the Jew in the movie. Oh, yeah. Thank God for that. He <laughs> solved racism. Yep. <laughs> Jason, what's our next uh, category here? Uh, our next category, Brendan, is one of our favorite categories. It is the most British performance category. All right. Well, I mean, I think some runner-ups here. Sure. Uh, Noel Coward in In Which We Serve, and especially in the Italian yeah, job. Yeah, no, he's really hardcore British in the Italian job, for sure. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis has that pompous British thing in A Room with a View. Mm-hmm. And my other one, I'll, if you have any more, let me know before we get to the winner. But uh, that dude who has no one to mind the shop, but otherwise he would have reported what he saw yes. in Oliver Twist. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, uh, my runners up include uh, uh, Alec Guinness in the Lavender Hill Mob. Like I think he, yeah. it's it's not like like it's not a posh upper class twit of the year role necessarily, but it's just kind of like you know the the upper middle class British quiet kind of gentleman type character, which I think is very British. Um, I also went with um, uh, Guy Dolman or Guy Dolman in, in Epcrest File, who played uh, 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 is the what's the character's name? Is it his boss? Harry, yeah, Harry's first boss. Oh, his first boss. Okay. Yeah, actually, yep. and both bosses really. A lot yeah. of the people in that movie are incredibly very, British, very but British. I, I singled out Guy, Do- uh, Guy Dolman and uh, a little different, but I had to mention him. Uh, Michael Palin in Life of Brian playing Big Nose. Just that, just that aggressiveness of like the lower class guy that's just getting pissed off and pissed off. That's certainly very British as well. Yeah. Uh, so, but there can only be two. Can in we? This can case. we go one, two, three in this case? All right, let's do it. Okay. Are, wait, are we going to go alphabetical when we say the names? Uh, why don't you just say them? Because I have their actors' names written down. Oh, okay. One, two, three. Radford Charters and, and Caldecott. <laughs> <laughs> Charters and Caldecott. Basil Absolutely. Radford and Naughton Wayne from The Lady Vanishes. Of course. Of course. Hilarious, uh, fun to listen to, so low-key, dry, and popular enough that they're spun off into their own multiple film and TV series uh, existence. Catch them at your local blockbuster, making a live appearance, Absolutely. signing autographs, no masks required. Um, these guys are, are tough. They're very. They're, they're very not good. falling for no plandemic. 
I think that a modern day uh, uh, Caldecott and what's this other guy's name? Charters? Charters. Charters and Caldecott could be a Paula Tompkins and Matt Gorley. I think they would do a great job as that if they were like the American takes on those characters. Our next category, Jason, we're getting into the big ones here. We got uh, best cinematography. Mm-hmm. Best cinematography. I'm gonna go. Th- let's go through some of the ones that were go- that were you know notable. Let's do that. Our combined list of nominees. I th- I think Erwin uh, Hillier with respect to Gilbert Taylor in which we serve. I think that has to be mentioned. Um, yeah. Especially when in comparison to most of the Dam Busters. Yeah. <laughs> in which we serve a, a little bit more dynamic for sure. Multiple yeah. characters, so it kind of flows a little better. David Lean cutting his teeth with Noel Coward at, Coward at his side. Yep. Um, I also noted Otto Heller. Uh, for Peeping Tom, that's a Powell. Yes. Impress- uh, well, oh. just Powell. Just a Powell. Yeah, Powell film. Um, I, I noted Walter LaSalle for The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. Mm. There's some great Vista shots in that yes. movie. Clearly some on-location shooting, yes. too. Which and some, really some cool. very gritty black-and-white photography. Yes. Um, Tony Pierce Roberts for A Room with a View because it's a beautiful movie, just like Sense and Sensibility, just like you know those kinds of movies we covered, The Go-Between. They all mm. look gorgeous. Um, John DeBorman, I said for small faces, mm-hmm. I thought that stood out too. He does that really good. All the movies that have like a really good grimy feel, like are, are ones that I noticed. And then the other one I'll, I'll mention before, uh, kind of, uh, we talk about the winner is uh, Guy Green for Oliver Twist. Um, you know, David Lean's Oliver Twist. My winner is Curtis Clark for the Draftsman's Contract. That is also my choice. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. That's a, I think that's a it's such a unique. Like beautiful movie, so colorful, so many like like. I mean, the guy's doing drawings, but the cinematography is clearly trying to emulate those like oh. color paintings, essentially. And in when those he has shots. the the grid, yeah, like the grid, it's just like, oh my god, this is like a film grid. Yeah. Like it's it's just it's sumptuous. It is. It really is. You can sink your teeth into that movie. That's right. Well, there you go, Curtis Clark. Take home your award. Uh, cash in your chips. You're going to Disneyland. Uh, Jason, what is our next category? We're getting close to the big ones here. We are at the big ones. We are at the big big ones. ones. Our next category is the category that uh, 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 probably gets you the most money in Hollywood if you're an individual, and that is the best director. A director's job is to convey the film as a whole. The director works with everyone involved and really pushes their vision. Thank you. The nominees are... That was a, an accurate assessment of what a director does. Thank you, Brendan. All right. Uh, yeah, some nominees. Yeah, well, let's let's go. I think right. uh, Noah Coward and David Lean for In Which We Serve. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's doing what. Well, actually, I do know because I think that we talked about it in that episode. Lean was doing more of the, uh, the high action th- stuff. Um, I said uh, Peter Collinson for the Italian job because that was a really fun heist movie, especially the, the car chase. I mean, that is a, an iconic scene. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, what other ones do you have? Uh, I've got uh, Danny Boyle, of course, for Train Spotting. Yeah, great, I've got that uh, one great too. Effort on, great effort on his part. <laughs> Way to go, Daniel! Uh, of course, Alfred Hitchcock for The Lady Vanishes. Yeah, uh, wonderful movie, looks great. Beautiful cinematography. I think David Lean for Oliver Twist. Absolutely, so um, so good looking, like just fantastic, and all that David Lean stuff shoved into a four three black and white movie, much like Brief Encounter. <laughs> Got to give a shout out for Tony Richardson for Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner again. Of course. Um, Got to give a shout out to Michael Powell for uh, yeah. uh, uh, 
Peeping Tom, of course. Uh, and then my other, my last nominee that I have here before we get to the winner is Alan Parker for The Commitments. Very nice. Very I nice. He, oh, that, it's very difficult to do a movie like that. The, the montage is alone in that movie, and I understand that's more editing, mm-hmm. but just the, you know, there's a lot of, it was just very impressive. Mm-hmm. But there can only be one. There can only be one, Brendan. What do you got? Dark Horse winner, Brendan. Peter Greenaway for The Draftsman's Contract wins Best Director from This Guy. That wow. movie is not my favorite movie on the list, but my God, it's beautiful. And I think you ended up together. liking it a lot more than you yeah, thought. Yeah, I absolutely did. Yeah, for sure. It was not a movie I anticipated watching it, and I was quite chuffed by the end of it. So I, I've got a kind of a Dark Horse winner, too, I, th- I think, anyway. Sure. I said Charles Crichton for The Lavender Hill Mob. Oh, interesting choice. Yeah. And, and you base that on what? Um... The scene I think of especially is the stairwell scene. Yes, um, and I think it's just so it the it's just so well directed in terms of like not slapstick but mm. like madcap lunacy type stuff, especially where they're running back and forth yeah. between like the briefcase and the checkout area mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's just it's just the comment the comedic timing is just wonderful. Nice, and I love giving it to a a comedy director. Yeah, it's nice that the comedy wins once in a while. Yeah, yeah. So that's best director. Put it oh. in the bag. We're going to put that one in the bag, too. And, Hold and on a, a sec. <laughs> and apparently I can't count because I said there was three awards, and there's four more, so I'm an idiot. Our <laughs> next... We're getting to the acting categories now. Um, our next our next award is for Best Supporting Actress. Yes. And I am sad to say there were, uh, it was hard to find. Um, actually, this was easier to find than lead actress, I will say. Mm. Um, unfortunately, that's just the nature of these movies. But there are some uh, in uh, supporting actress we can mention. I, I did want to point out two actresses from Peeping Tom. Yeah. Uh, Anna Massey, who plays like the neighbor, uh, yeah. you know, the, the girl the, who's the, gonna, the young innocent one. Yeah. And Maxine Audley, who plays her uh, blind mother, mm. I think, also solid. I uh, want to shout out uh, Kay Walsh and Oliver Twist, who played Nancy, mm. and her freakout scene, which was intense and, ver- and very real for a movie from the 40s. I appreciated that. Uh, and also a big shout out to uh, Susan Vidler, who played Allison in Train Spotting. Allison was the uh, was Sick Boy's girlfriend who yeah. uh, had a baby die on her, and her performance in that scene was fucking heart crushing. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a brutal, that's a brutal fucking scene. Yeah. And then you never see her again. Yeah, which is even like you're like, oh, what happened with her? Yeah, maybe we'll find out in T two. But there Judgment can only, day. But there can only be one again. Oh. Oh, we get into oh, that. I, we, I, saw, oh. I want some more. Oh, you got some more nominees. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. I only had three nominees. Oh, I have like a bunch. All right. <laughs> um, I also noted Maggie Smith from Room of the View. Mm-hmm. I thought she was very good. Maggie um, Smith? You mean Judy Dench? No, Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith in Room of the View? Maggie Smith is the is the is the aunt, the one that's with Helena Bonham Carter. Judy Dench is a very oh, small. Oh, right, part. right, right. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Well, God, it's been a while. The one who's you know the kid when she does the whole thing where she's like, oh no, I couldn't borrow yeah. money. No, she's no, just no. such a good actress that I forgot it was her. <laughs> I have Dinah Sheridan and Sally Thompson from the Railway Children. Um, so the mother and the younger sister who was portrayed by like a twenty-six-year-old woman. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she was. She was uh, couldn't smoke on set for fear uh, they'd think the child was smoking. <laughs> Uh, Laura Fraser from Small Faces. She was the uh, the, the rom- well. She ended up being the romantic interest for um, the older brother. Mm. Um, she wasn't really just that, but I thought she was really good. And yeah, that's all the nominees I have. Who's your winner? My winner, Brendan, is May Whitty. Oh, for the Lady Vanishes. Is- I really enjoyed her performance, yeah. and she was such a wonderful, sweet old lady. And then she was a spy. And a wonderful, sweet old spy. A wonderful, sweet old spy who could play the piano. Yeah. Well, my winner 
is someone that you gave an award to last time we did this. Oh, wow. Uh, Best Supporting Actress, I am going to give it to Celia Johnson oh, for In Which We Serve. Very good. Very yeah. good. She was good in that. I felt I, I it's not it's not a pity award, but I did feel like last time when I didn't give it to her for a brief encounter, I was like, "What are you doing?" So this is her uh, scent of a woman. Then. This is, yeah, this <laughs> is her departed uh, the, <laughs> departed award. No, I do, I do think she's really good in that movie, and the speech that you hear her do earlier in yeah. this episode is amazing, amazing, very good. Well, what do we got next, Jason? If we did supporting actress. Now it's time for the other end of it because we gender acting parts for some reason. So now we're going to do the men folk. Best supporting. Best, best supporting su- men folk. In a film, it is very important to have support around the actors. You might say supporting actors. These are the nominees for best supporting actor in a British film. If the if the lead actors are the the testicles in the movie, then the supporting actors are the jock straps that keep them in place. I was gonna say the lead actor is probably the dick, and the supporting actors are the testicles because the testicles are doing all the work, but the dick is taking all the credit. That's true, but the, but the testicles don't really support the dick. The dick kind of supports the testicles. I guess you don't know how genitalia works. I'm gonna have to do some reading. I have three nominees and one winner. Well, I should say two nominees and an extra winner. Okay, give us the three, nominees. Three altogether. My give nominees, in a, in a double nomination, I nominate uh, uh, Basil Radford and Naughton Wayne for uh, their dual roles as uh, Charters and Caldecott. Fair. Um, and I also nominate uh, my man, Chief O'Brien, a.k.a. Calmini, for his role in The Commitments as, okay. the, as the dad. Oh, I yeah. Because I love yeah. him. And I, again, was pretending it was a prequel to Deep Space Nine or an episode of Deep Space Nine where he got sent back in time. <laughs> I have a bunch, so I'm going to go through them quick. All right. Uh, I said John Mills in Which We Serve, the the young young man from that movie. Uh, Noel Coward in The Italian Job. I thought he was hilarious and very Noel Coward-esque. And that's why he's only nominated, because he's basically playing Noel Coward. Uh, Michael Redgrave from Loneliness yes. of the Long Distance Runner. Yes, very really intimidating figure. Um, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis from A Room with a View. Mm-hmm. Obviously, love that guy, even though he's history's greatest monster. Johnny Murphy from The Commitments. Uh, remember he played the guy that said he jammed with Elvis and yes, all that yes, stuff. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. The, the, the God-obsessed trumpetist. Trump, <laughs> trumper? Trumpeter? What he's not a him? trumper. Tromboner? <laughs> I think he's a trumpeter. Does he play trumpet or trombone? I don't remember. I'm a big trumpet fan. He blows horns. There you go. Kevin McKidd from Small Faces as the villainous uh, yes. gangster gang leader. He was terrifying. Bernard Cribbins from The Railway Children. Mm. I wanted to note as well as the train conductor. But there can only be one winner. Can I say it? Say your winner. Robert Carlyle from Train Spotting. Yeah, that is a good, good choice. Unhinged. Unhinged, absolutely fantastic, for sure. And and I, I didn't even think of Begbie for some reason, but Robert Carlyle is wonderful. Um, I, I went with the, uh, I had to, I had to go with him because I didn't realize it was him till the damn near end, the end of the movie. Daniel Day-Lewis in Room with a View gets oh, the supporting actor nod. Shit. That character was so fucking stuck up and such an asshole, and he, he just owned it and i came very close by the way <laughs> if if i had a second pick it yeah. would have been daniel j lewis absolutely no he was so good in that he was a, yeah. definitely a, a bright spot in that movie yep for sure well next up jason we have best lead actress and i yes. think this is where it ran a bit thin unfortunately mm. um but i'll go through some nominees here uh i i noted helena bonham carter from uh, room of the view that was the first thing i wrote down yeah. as well for very sure. young but very uh very capable of oh, acting yeah. alongside alongside heavyweights like Daniel Day Lewis. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say um and Maggie Smith and Maggie Smith Judy and Dench. Judy Dench. I was gonna say the guy uh Julian what's his name? 
the uh, you mean the blonde Tom? dude? Oh, uh, yeah, no, I don't Julian remember. Sands. I was gonna oh. say Julian Sands. I'm like, I don't know if he's an acting heavyweight. Yeah, but. well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also noted uh, Janet Suzman. She plays Mrs. Herbert in the Draftsman's Contract. I, I wrote her down as well. She's yeah. one of my nominees. Um, Jenny Agater from the Railway Children. She's mm-hmm. like the lead. Uh, Children, yeah, the, the the lead of the railway children, the yeah. lead child, he, the the, Ni- the Nick Fury of the group, That's if you right. will, or the Iron Man. Ooh, if only she'd had an eye patch. <laughs> I'm putting together a team. Um, I also noted uh, Louise Goodall from My Name Is Joe. Mm-hmm. That was the uh, the the lady that uh, has a relationship with Joe. She's also yeah. Oh, she's the one that delivers the gut punch. Yeah, and I noted uh, Margaret Lockwood yes. from The Lady Vanishes. I also noted Margaret Lockwood. She was wonderful in that movie as um, Iris. Yes. Yes. But Jason, who? Uh, you, so did I cover all your nominees? You did. Oh, I feel okay. like we may be on the same page on this one. Okay. Who's your so winner? My winner uh, is Julie Walters from Educating Rita. One thousand percent. How can yeah. you give it to anyone else? She was no doubt the standout in this. She had a hell of a performance in a movie, uh, and managed to hold her weight beside you know Michael Caine. Outshined him. Yeah. Absolutely. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Julie Walters just nailing it out of the park. And again, just going back to the fact that this was like her first performance in yeah. a movie, like incredible, incredible, so, good. so charming, so uh, grounded, so grounded and a three dimensional character, yeah. not just like, oh, I'm quirky. I'm the, the manic pixie dream girl or whatever. Nope. She had her own story. She's got her own life going on, but she's trying to do something else, and those things are all happening at the same time. Man. Yeah, and that definitely elevated that movie to better than it would normally be um, if it was just a standard, oh, Michael Caine needs this woman to get better. You know what I mean? Congratulations, Julie Walters. We'll be sending you a carton of Kent cigarettes. <laughs> you bastard. All right, our last one. Before we get to our rankings, Jason, what's our last one? Our last category is lead actor in a film the lead actor carries said film it is very important for the lead actor to be not shitty or else your film could be shitty here are the nominees that was a bit uh, generous actresses are important too <laughs> thank you <laughs> good goodbye <laughs> jetpack <sighs> Oh, no, our announcer left. Well, thankfully, that was the last category. Oh, but he's got to announce every ranking number. Nope. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> All right, yes. lead actor. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm going to confess something. I had to do it, and I apologize. I'm the biggest asshole in the history of the business. Okay. I had to make a tie. Oh. I'm sorry. Interesting. I had to do it. There were two that I could not decide Are between. Are they the same actor? <laughs> oh, oh, wait, I can't, I didn't do a die. <laughs> no, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't make a decision. Mm, mm. So, well, I'll have to whip you with a chain after the, uh, the show for that. I but, mean, that, that's fair. But for now, we'll, we'll hear what you have to say. Okay. Well, do you want, oh, I'll tell you, you some, some nominees. nominees. Yeah. Um, well, first off, I want to say, uh, Michael Caine for Ipcrest file and especially get Carter. Mm-hmm. Just, um, I mean, magnetic for performer. Yeah. Um, I noted Tom Courtney from The Loneliness of the Long Distance mm-hmm. Runner. I feel like that movie's come up a lot. Strelnikov. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff about it. Yeah. Um, I noted Alec Guinness from The Lavender Hill Mob, uh, mostly for the same reason you noted him for being uh, possibly uh, a runner-up to Best British Performance. Yes. I just, you know, he's so good. Um, I actually noted uh, Graham Chapman from Life of Brian. Yep. I thought he should get a special mention because, I mean, he's playing that whole thing straight for yep. the most part. In a, in a movie, unlike full everybody of, else in the movie, <laughs> yeah, in a movie full of lunacy. 
Um, and my last nominee is Ewan McGregor from for Train Spotting, um, a career making performance. What else can you say? Very nice, very nice. I've got uh, three runner ups here that I'm going to talk that about that I didn't even mention. Uh, well, no, one of them you did. Uh, oh, okay. Graham Chapman, of course, for Life of Brian. I'm a massive Monty Python fan, and Graham Chapman is one of my favorites in that group. He was so goddamn funny, and we miss him as we do all the departed comedy stars. Um, but yeah, like like you say, he was playing it straight the whole way through, acting off everybody else's insanity, and made it work, and made Brian a relatable and grounded character. And again, and again, you can say the performances can be amazing in comedies, guys. Yes. Because of his the sheer arrogance in his in his uh, portrayal, I have to uh, uh, nominate uh, Anthony Higgins for the draftsman's contract as Mr. Neville. Mm. His character was such a creep, <laughs> but also like kind of charming, but also and very talented, but but in particular and 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 a sex fiend and and very good at, at making you not sure who you should be rooting for. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, because everybody yeah. seemed to have something going on in that movie. Uh, okay. And finally, my final nomination before my winner is Carl Heinz Baum for Peeping Tom in an absolutely fantastic performance as uh, uh, Mark. <laughs> All right. Yes, well, hello, I am Mark. I am from England like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, since I've got two, I'll, I'll name my first one sure. because you uh, mentioned it already. Uh, Carl Bohm's for Peeping Tom is mm-hmm. one of the ones that I picked. Um, what's your what's your winner? My winner, Brennan, is uh, Michael Caine for the oh. Ipcrest file. I fucking oh, wow. loved him in that movie. I really liked that movie. He was so good. Uh, no question. So when you heard me say, especially get Carter, you probably winced a little. Yeah, because you were like, especially Ipcrest file. That's you right, bitch. baby. Well, my two winners. So I mentioned Carl Baum's yeah. in Peeping Tom. My other winner is actually one neither of us mentioned. Well, obviously, I didn't mention, but yeah. you didn't mention. And that was Peter Mullen for My Name is Joe. Yes, he was very good in that, wasn't he? Yeah. So I, th- I think it's a tie. I couldn't decide. And also, that's one. he's one of those actors that I literally don't know him from anything else. I mean, I'm sure he's an accomplished Scottish actor, but, you know, hasn't so, crossed over. <laughs> <laughs> so Carl Bohms, Peter Mullen. And uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine, Julie Walters, Robert Carlyle. Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis, Celia Johnson. And May Whitty. May Whitty and Charles Crichton and, and uh, Peter Greenaway. Peter Greenaway. The big winners this year. We salute this you all. Year? This 20? <laughs> this we'll, be, we'll be sending you a Kent Cigarettes branded tent. God damn you, Jason. <laughs> and uh, uh, some really cool sunglasses, you know, like uh, the ball players would wear in the early 90s. Yeah, sure. Just keep checking your mailboxes. They're coming. All right, Jason. We've come to the point now where we're going to rank the last 20 movies we've watched. Yes, we are. And see how they compare. I think there's going to be some differences. I think there might be a few similarities. I think it'll be exactly the same. Well, I've laid out a chart here for Brendan Wall and Jason Stinky Bum. Hey. And uh, proof of that coming on I Twitter. I washed my bum before I came here tonight. Thank you very much. Well, I'm just saying what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know. You heard my stinky ass. That's what you heard. Yeah. You farted, so I assumed you had a stinky uh, bum. Well, that's a good assumption to make. But Jason, we're gonna okay, so we're gonna rank them. The last twenty movies we've watched, we are going to rank them twenty to one. So here we fucking go. So my number twenty, yes, is the Dambusters. That's also my number twenty. A flat and procedural movie that is only really redeemed as a as an entertainment product by being capped by that fantastic uh, and very advanced sequence uh, at the end of it. Yeah. Exactly. It's 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 a, it's a um, I get why it's on there. Yeah. Um but it's a pretty rote uninteresting to that last to the last bit yeah. like you said. But it's not bad. No. It's it's definitely a history class movie. Yeah. 
All right, my number 19 is Room with a View. But my number 19 is the Lavender Hill Mob. That's lower than Man in the White Suit? Yeah. I'm sh- I'm kind of shocked at that. Well, it, it, I, I mean, we'll probably talk about it more when we get to Man in the White Suit, but I like the conceit of Man in the White Suit more. Okay. When we talk about Man... Okay. When we get there. When we get yeah, there when the list, we do I an mean, episode on yeah. it, I was like, uh, Jason, I got some news. <laughs> All right, my number 18 is Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. Ah, uh, yes. That is a movie that could be a number 18, but my number 18 is A Room with a View. Great performances in that one, but not not totally my cup of tea. Well, and not even like the best version of that that we've seen, because mm-hmm. I think Sense and Sensibility was a lot better than that one. Of that similar type of thing. Yeah, I did like this more than The Go-Between, mm. but like I think Sense and Sensibility is like probably the best version of that we've seen. Costume drama, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, though, I really did like Shakespeare in Love. Not and gonna the lie. Madness of King George, my friend. That's true. That was that was fun too. Okay. But yeah, Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner is a movie that I thought, for similar reasons you said, with a view, with a view, I think it's like a, it's 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 good. It's salt. It's fine. Mm. But it feels like a lesser version of that angry young man yeah. uh, thing that we've talked about so much. Uh, my number 17 is In Which We Serve. Yes. And my number 17 is The Railway Children. Okay, Jason. Well, that means, I mean, Railway, You, I remember you said you, you liked quite a bit. I did. I did like it. But, you know, again, it just on this list of movies, it doesn't strike me as, as maybe as important as some of the other ones. And In Which We Serve to me is like, is like this is a David Lean movie I could lose. And yeah. not really be that upset about, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think it's better than the Dan Busters. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, my number 16 is The Railway Children. So again, again, a movie I found pleasant and enjoyable, yeah. but you know, not a whole lot more than that. And mine is The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. We're kind of circling around each other here. Pretty much, except I haven't named uh, Lavender Hill Mob yet. Not yet. All right, uh, let's see here. My number 15 is The Man in the White Suit. That is also my number 15. Cool movie, great conceit. Some of the comedy just doesn't work as well, I would say, nowadays. But I like that idea, and I'd be really kind of interested to see a remake of that movie with a modern modern twist on it, because that, that premise is really cool. Jason just doesn't like comedies, <laughs> essentially, is what he's saying. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not one for laughter. Yeah. <laughs> or fun. Uh, my number fourteen is a is a, a gritty little movie that that took caught me off guard a little bit, and that is Small Faces. Small Faces, and mine is a gritty little movie that uh, I enjoyed called The Commitments. Some fine music, some good uh, Irish faces in there, and some South Dublin racial slurs. Well, Jason, my number thirteen is also The Commitments. is in which we serve which i really liked as a war movie i thought it was a a really interesting piece of film produced during the war like it was one of the better pieces of propaganda i've seen like it felt it didn't feel so forced Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like rah rah troops like it 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 had enough drama to it and enough peril that it felt like a really effective piece of propaganda and instead of just a you know uh, just in your face propaganda i agree so all my salute to you, Noel Coward and David Lean, wherever your bodies are right now. <laughs> In my basement. Number 12 for me is The Lavender Hill Mob. Ah. 
There's our first huge difference, I think. Yes, it's a big, that's a, a gulf. Seven, uh, seven number gap there. And mine, of course, is My Name is Joe. Oh. Dark. Is that it? That's it. It's dark. It's very dark. <laughs> All right. I mean, we're getting it. Like, we're in like 12 and shit now. I think you can assume at this point we really like these movies coming up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My number 11 is the one we started this whole thing with. Well, this section with mm -hmm. is Educating Rita. Coincidentally, that's also my number 11. Oh. Yeah. A good movie. Good movie. Fantastic performance from Julie Walters. Good performance from Michael Caine. Um, yeah. Uh, one of those ones. Yeah. <laughs> one of those teacher-student movies. But they don't fuck. They don't fuck, and they don't really go the, the usual formula shit that you think is going to happen. That's right. My number 10. We're getting to the top 10 now. My number 10 is The Ipcress File. Riding that cane train. Oh, oh. Oh, hello, guys. It's me. Hey, hey, Thomas. It's Gordon. I'm here to see you too. Oh, that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, do you want to try my jetpack? Yeah, let's do it. Jetpack to Republic of oh. That was weird. So many trains. So Did many you trains. open the you open the floodgates now. So all the, the all the trains are gonna want to be on our show. Well, if you were going to ride that cane train, Brendan, I'm going to ride that cane train. And my number 10 is The Italian Job. Oh. Fun movie. Some good car chases. Noel Coward being prissy. It's great. All right. All right. We're getting into We're getting down the list here. Number nine. My number nine is The Draftsman's Contract. Ooh. A movie, another uh, sneaker upper That's right. that I didn't really expect anything from. And it was very engaging. That's right. And my number nine is Small Faces. As you said, a fucking gritty little movie about crime in, was it Glasgow? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In Glasgow, and, and yeah. Almost almost documentary-like to some extent, like just that kind of gritty. Yeah, low budget. Yeah. yeah. Um, my number eight is Get Carter. Which is also my number eight. We didn't plan this out, folks. No, we didn't. Well, I did. Jason did. <laughs> I just telepathically absorbed it. Gangster. Gangster, gangster. It's great. It's great. It's gritty. It's grimy. Michael Caine is evil as fuck. What more do you want? You want to? If you want to see Michael Caine not being charming, fun Michael Caine, but being evil, fucking violent Michael Caine, that's the movie you want to see. And my number seven is one that you listed earlier, and that is My Name Is Joe. My name is Joe. That's all very well and good, Brennan. My name is not Joe. Okay. What is your name? My movie at this number, which is seven, uh, is The Draftsman's Contract. A little higher than you. I really, really <laughs> like that movie. Uh, uh, like I say, especially the gulf between what, how I thought I would like it and how I liked it is probably the most vast on this list. I thought this was going to be 19 or 20 yeah. when I first heard that we were doing it. I was yeah. like, okay, here we go. Yeah. I re really had a Caravaggio vibe going into it, and <laughs> that's not what we got, thankfully. No. My number six, as we get closer to the end here, is mm -hmm. Oliver Twist. Mm -hmm. And my number six is Train Spotting. Do, 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 do. I've got a lust for life. Oliver Twist, great David Lean film. Mm -hmm. What more can I say? Beautiful movie. What if Train Spotting had been directed by David Lean? Uh, it would be much longer. Would have taken place in the desert. <laughs> sure. I mean, well, I was you imagine say, the beginning of that any... movie with him like running through the Sahara Desert. Choose life. <laughs> 
I was just thinking of like if there were any people of color in Train Spotting. I was like, nope, we're safe. Mm. David Lean's not gonna put any white people as uh, as black in, the, no. in that movie. Um, all right, top five, Jason. Top five. These are the cream of the crop. My number five is one you mentioned a while ago, and that's Italian Job. Italian Job. You love that movie. I did love that movie. You love that movie. Well, my number five, Brendan, is Oliver Twist. Again, another movie that I liked way more than I thought I would. And yeah. A testament to David Lean's talent. We question David Lean every time. We yeah. always... We always uh... That's how good that movie is. Despite David Lean being a shithead and despite uh, uh, Fagin being a terrible Jewish stereotype of a character, the movie's still fantastic. Yeah, exactly. My number four mm. is Peeping Tom. Oh, interesting. That's not my number four, Brennan. Okay. My number four is Alfred Hitchcock's The Lady Vanishes. Oh. Wow. Fine film of much tension. I mean, you got to put that at the top, That's near right. the top, right? Oh, for sure. My number three. Top three. Not top three. My number three is Lady Vanishes. Oh. If you say number three is Peeping Tom, I swear to God. No, no, no. My number three is Life of Brian. Uh, I'm a little shocked. Well, I love that movie, but uh, like I say, it, it deserves to be at number three on this list, but uh, there's just still a couple at the top that haven't come up yet. Well, my number two is Life of Brian. I never thought oh. I'd be rated higher than you. Interesting. Life of Brian at number two. Well, I We're going to have different number ones this year, that's I guess for sure. I was so taken with it that we, I have to say my number two is uh, The Upcrest File. Wow. I really like that movie a lot. That's one of the bigger golfs, I would say, on our list hmm. between the two of us. Yeah, I mean, I had it at 10. You have it at two. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a pretty big, pretty big gap. Just love that, love that grounded approach to James Bond, and I'm interested to see some more of those movies. Well, I, I think I figured out what your number one is, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say my number one, my favorite movie of this whole twenty, is Train Spotting. A movie that I was like, don't remember if it's depressing, don't remember don't remember if it's a little bit of both, don't remember how good it is, if it's university good, or if it's actually good, and it was fucking amazing. Yes, it was. It was really good, really good. It holds up well, and and is, I think, an accurate portrayal. Or at least a, a good impression of that lifestyle. But that's all horse shit that you're telling me right now. Because what's your number one pick? My number one, Brendan, is a movie that blew me out of the fucking water. It is Peeping Tom. Right. Wow. What a movie. So wow. good. So good and, and tense and a lot of interesting camera work and good use of color at a time when, you know, this is often compared to Psycho. And Psycho, of course, was in black and white and that has its own charms. But just, yeah, great movie. So good. So impressed. And that episode has our infamous take. Well, not yours, I guess, because you haven't seen the movie, yeah. but our infamous take. They're talking about it all over the internet, where I, Steve, and Izzy all said that this movie was probably better than Psycho. Mm. So, Well, Jason, let's take a look here. Yeah. We don't have a, a, a whole lot of different... Well, in which we serve... You, I have at 17, you have at 13. Um, we have uh, Man in the White Suit is in the exact same place. Yes. Small Faces is quite a difference. We have it at 14 and 9. Um, I would say uh, Educating Rita. Ipcrest File is the biggest one, I think. I have it at 10. Mm -hmm. You have it at number 2. Yeah. Um, and other than that, though, I mean, are there any ones that stand out to you? Maybe My Name is Joe at yeah. 7 for me and 12 for you. Um, but other than that, though, it's pretty much like our top five are the same almost yeah. except for ipcrest like it's pretty close to the same thing yeah I i'd mean, say there was a, a pretty similar distribution of movies like yeah not that many huge differences but like i said i think our cycles are i think we're in sync we're finally we're finally syncing up and uh we're gonna go to the bathroom together 
And uh, we're going to take a little break oh. before we come back. We're not going to have much left when we come back, but we're oh. going to take a break anyway. We probably should have taken one earlier, but damn the censors, I'm doing what I want. That's right. We had to get through it, and now you can have your advertising goodness. So enjoy some ads. We will be right back. Age of Radio. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers, yes, the Google Play, yes, Apple Podcasts, what else? Podbean, what else? Podcast Addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah, we gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us here to say. Ah. Yeah, all that good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> f- you. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't run the listeners away, Pete. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. Jason, we are back. Back again, baby. It's time for Bits and Bobs. Go ahead. Uh, 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 movies are fun. I watched 20 of them. Any any observations during this whole awards process? Uh, it's all bullshit. Okay, good. Um, so now what we're going to do is we have abandoned the dice. I am mm. sorry to say when we when we are done with this British list, we may bring back the dice for something else. But for now, for the, the rest of this series, we are done with the dice. Because, Jason, I don't want to roll the dice 8,000 times. <laughs> every episode it was fun and, and we had some uh, some fun moments uh uh on carry on up the kyber we're waiting for it trying to get it but we'll probably have a better chance this time you say that but you yeah. want it's gonna be the last fucking movie we do um we're gonna say right now full disclosure the third man number one on this list is gonna be our last episode yeah. uh, about this series yeah so it's not in the, it's not in the hat no it's not in the envelope. It's set aside in a special place in a secure location. Yes. Uh, it's uh, t- uh, Price and Waterhouse. Um, I have right. guards all around the clock. We, we have uh, Swiss guards hired from Switzerland that yeah. come in and stand guard. They're just like cheese. They have holes in them. That's right. That's why you can't shoot them. It'll just go through them. <laughs> just go right through them. Yeah. That's why they're the best guards. They are the best guards. Um, but we're going we're gonna to draw the next movie out of an envelope. Mm. We put all the movies except for the third man in here that are left on this list, and uh, we're going to draw it out and find out what movie we're going to start our last series of 20 with. Now, Jason, I believe that before the uh, last week, or the week before that, I should say, I did draw or I did roll the dice, and you told us we were doing The Lady Vanishes. Mm-hmm. So I will let you reach into this envelope right. 
And as soon as you pick one, I don't want you to look. I want you to just blindly hand it over to me. Sure. All right. Let's go around in here. And Oh, it's Nomadland. All right. Uh, there we go. All right. All right, Jason. So we are going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about um, a movie made by a director who we've talked about one time before. No. Um, and that is Nicholas Rogue when we talked about Don't Look Now. Okay. We are talking about number 48 on this list, and that is the film, the 1970 film performance okay now this is co-starring yeah mick jagger oh so that'll be interesting interesting yeah. yeah a fairly prominent role i think too i'm not familiar with this movie at all i don't know a thing about it um i think it's crime based and that's all i know all right <laughs> so that's what we're gonna do we're gonna talk about performance next week to start off our last 20 movies jason they can find us all over the webs everywhere all over the internets um they can find us on twitter at BFI underscore pod. You can find us on TikTok at For Screen and Country. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. Just search for For Screen and Country. Or on all the classy podcast apps. Our home base is Age of Radio. Mm-hmm. Any any podcatcher you got, we're there. Jason, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at Jason D. McLeod. That's M A C L O E L. That's I'm. Take a breath. You can find me on Twitter at Jason D. McLeod. That's M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Come by for some hand boning tips. For some reason, I'm like, is that racist? No. <laughs> okay. That's old Appalachian shit. <laughs> okay. Oh, they're too white for you to be racist right. towards them. Um, okay, perfect. So that's where you can find Jason. That's where you can find us. Jason, we're going to talk about the movie performance next week. We have no idea what to expect, but we're guaranteed that it's going to be the best movie so far of the next 20 movies for at least a week. It sounds like a TV movie of the week starring Dolph Lundgren about a guy who uses too much steroids. You know what? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Well, 1970, he was around. 12-year-old Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. <laughs> But until that time, until we do that next week, I just got to say to you, Jason, God save the queen. God save the screen. And for screen and country, I'm Jason. And I'm Brendan. <laughs> I'm confused. My identity has been questioned. Awards, 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 awards. We all got some awards today. Awards, 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 awards. And you'll never have any more again. Oh, make me over. I'm all-